Hi, everyone. Nice to see you again. Uh, welcome back to Culture Bucket on episode number 30, 45. That's 45. Um, today is another special episode uh, where we're going to do a deep dive on one sort of relevant film or important film or important topic, but it's usually going to be a film. Um, and I am your host George and I can't do it on my own I never can so I have to be joined by another human being and that human being today is Alex hi hi George hi Alex hi everyone hi all that sounded really bad it's like I have to do it with (laughs) you you don't have to you're just gonna be mean Uh, so <laughs> like I have to do it, Alex. How are you today, Alex? So I'm great. The sun is shining. It's not sixty-five million degrees anymore. It's beautiful. That's good. How are you? I am pretty good. Pretty wonderful. Yeah, school. You know, work. <laughs> life is fine. Great. L- life is fine. Your your tone of voice doesn't match what you're saying. <laughs> and your face doesn't match either. Mm. Well, mm. what are we talking about today? Oh, we're talking about a film. Mm. Maybe a controversial film that has split people quite a bit. It has split opinion for certain. And I can understand why after I watched it. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty challenging movie. Uh, the film is called... Did you say what the film is called? No, oh. the film is called Promising Young Woman. The film is called Promising Young Woman. It was released in 2020 in some places, but due to events, uh, it was all mainly released in 2021 to most people. Yeah. Uh, written and directed by Emerald Fennell, a British uh, director in her debut movie. And it stars the often perfect Kerry Mulligan. Along with a few other pretty notable performers. Well, it's a great cast. Yeah. Bo Burnham's in there. Alison Bree's in there. Clancy yeah. Brown. Jennifer Coolidge. Laverne Cox. Connie Britton. Adam Brody. It's a cast. Yeah. She pulled together quite the crop for this one, which was yes. good. Even for like short moments, you know, not everybody's... Yeah. Sam, has got Sam Richardson, long... one of my faves. He pops up for a very short moment. Yeah. Yeah, we've been talking about him quite a lot recently. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> um, yeah. It focuses on a character called Cassie uh, as we follow her dealing with um, a traumatic event in her past. Would that be fair as a sort of overall summary? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a revenge story. It is a revenge yeah. film. But it's not, it's not the classic revenge film. But we'll talk about it later. No, and we'll talk about it later because uh, we're going to go full spoilers. So be prepared. Yes. If you follow us on Instagram, you'll have had a warning that we're going to be doing this one. So you'll have had time to prepare. Um, what were your feelings going into the film, Alex? What were you sort of anticipating? What What did you already know? I, I knew it was going to be a story about a woman seeking revenge for something and doing it a certain way. I went in it thinking it was going to be extremely violent. Interesting. So I watching the trailer and kind of the music using the trailer and kind of the colors. Like I felt like the trailer was really like bubblegummy, and but I thought maybe that was hiding some sort of violence or some sort of like kind of yeah violent revenge. But uh, I couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> No. Oh well, there is some there is some violence in the movie. Not gore. Not as much no, yeah, but yeah, because I, I thought, you know, it's a revenge film, this woman is tricking these men. Um but I 
thought that she was actually going to attack and yeah kill and murder yeah Yeah, but it actually takes a i i had the same assumption going in i thought that was going to be kind of what it was going to be but uh it sort of takes a very different route uh which uh surprised me and not many films sort of surprise me often so i appreciate that yeah i was very surprised um i read ages ago when it first premiered at a film festival before the pandemic was a thing i read a review on a website that i don't think exists anymore of somebody talking about how it was going to be uh, a very controversial film, it was going to upset people, uh, but they gave it a really positive view and really liked it. And uh, I knew Carrie Mulligan mm. was a good actress, and uh, I was sort of intrigued to see it. And then, you know, time passed, pandemics happened, and it's just sort of vanished yeah. for a long time. And then finally, a trailer yeah. came out, and it looked uh, incredibly, like you said, it looked incredibly stylish. It did look like it was setting up quite a violent mm. sort of revenge film. And uh, it looked up my street so i was really excited to see it and uh eventually finally it came out uh in the uk it came out on sky cinema and now tv uh and i watched it um with high anticipation and um it wasn't what i expected but that doesn't mean i didn't enjoy it or didn't like it so shall we have a chat about the plot of the film yes please okay so we follow in this movie Cassie Thomas. She's 30 years old and she is a medical school dropout. She still lives with her parents um, and works mm-hmm. in a coffee shop. Uh, her parents are played by Clancy Brown and Jennifer Coolidge, two excellent actors. Jennifer Coolidge is amazing. Yeah, I watched the, there's a new series on Sky at the moment called The White Lotus, which is set in like a Hawaiian resort and she's oh i really want to watch that yeah is it good uh, the first episode is really good and jennifer coolidge is amazing in it she plays a very sort of oh. odd character uh and i'm interested to see where she goes <laughs> when does she not play an odd no character? true but she plays a really odd character in this um but yeah and clancy brown <laughs> is great. mom Stif- yeah stifler's mom and um <laughs> so yeah it starts in a nightclub where jerry played by adam brody and uh, his friends are having drinks. They notice a young woman, Cassie, who appears too drunk to pick herself up. Paul and Jim are disgusting. And uh, Jerry goes to approach her and tries to bring her home. And yeah. she goes with him. Uh, she is clearly too drunk to do anything. And so Jerry puts her in the bed and starts removing her clothes. Yeah. And then what does Cassie do? And so what she says is like, she asks uh, in a drunken way, what are you doing? And then she asks again in a very drunk way, what are you doing? And then she suddenly sobers up. And she asks in a very sober uh, voice, what are you doing? And this guy who hasn't stopped the first two times suddenly stops the third time because he realizes she's not as drunk as she seems. Mm-hmm. And um, my expectation was her like cutting him into pieces, but she just tells him off, basically. Yeah. And this is sort yeah. of what she seems to be doing every night is she's going out and yeah. picking up men with this act of pretending to be drunk. Yeah. But it isn't in order to exact revenge necessarily. It's no. It's almost just to teach a lesson. T- uh, yeah, teach a lesson and scare them. And then she's got a little book where she writes all the names of the guys she has done this with. Yeah, yeah. Which is quite a dramatic way to live your life. It is dramatic and dangerous. Yeah, extremely dangerous. Like you're going out every night and you're putting yourself in a very well, it shouldn't be a dangerous situation. You being drunk shouldn't be a dangerous situation. No. But in this case, it becomes extremely dangerous. Yeah. And that's what she seems to be doing with a few of nice guys. Yeah, and it's interesting because it wouldn't... If she got attacked as a result of doing this, you know, again, you couldn't blame her. It wouldn't be her fault because it would be the man that had chosen to be violent and attack her and has already behaved in a way that's inappropriate. Yeah. Um society doesn't really yeah that's that. not how society sees it it's it's complicated but yeah. it, again she's she's sort of yeah. it paints a picture of a character who maybe isn't particularly healthy in her 
No. Mental state. No. So, yeah, so she's single and she lives with her parents. Yep. Her parents are a bit worried about yep. her. Uh, because she's a, you know, uh, she's a med student dropout and she works in a cafe. Yeah, where she has very poor skills at uh, customer <laughs> relations. She's not very good at customer service. Um, and then one day, an old college friend yep. turns up, med school friend turns up, yep. played by... Bo Berman. Yeah, who's great. Who is great, who is lovely, and clearly very charming. Yeah. Well, I meant Bo Burnham, and, the actor's great. I wasn't uh, going to say passing judgment on the character yet, but... Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. But no, but in, in the film, Bo, Bo Berman is great, and then Bo Berman uh, and Ryan is also very charming, very lovely, yeah. and uh, straight he kind of asks her why uh, she's working in a cafe and she's not a doctor. Um, and he clearly is interested in her. Yep. Uh, there's a beautiful moment where she spits in his coffee and he drinks it. Is that it. beautiful or disturbing? <laughs> disturbing? I don't like it. It was sarcastic. Even thinking... It was horrible. Even thinking about like, it oh. now is making me sort of... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she's not very trustworthy of men in general, I think. No, that, that's fair to say. What happened next? After, after that, there's another scene of her... Going out and pretending to be drunk and being picked up. But this time, the guy is played by McLovin from Superbad, which is weird. Because yeah. he's, mm-hmm. he's great. He's got an idea for a novel, which is gross. He's taking cocaine. Yeah. He's just generally awful. Yeah. Um, and um, he sort of uh, does toilet on himself. He's so scared when she makes a reveal that she's sober. Um, and it's just interesting yeah. the film has sort of these multiple scenes of this happening kind of quite close to each other in the film I think sort of to give the impact of how regularly this is something she can pull off that she can regularly find yeah. men willing to um, mm. affect you know assault a woman do a you know yeah be criminals um, uh, and then there is a scene where she is given a <laughs> Um, a pink briefcase as a birthday present. Ah, oh, yeah, by her parents. Because yeah. her parents... Yeah, it's a 30th, a 30th birthday present. Yeah, and it's pretty clear that they want her to leave. Yeah. It's a suitcase, it's not a briefcase. Uh, yeah, sorry, yeah, suitcase. But she's given sort of luggage for her birthday from her parents, which is sort of making it clear that... Yeah. Her the way she's living her life at the moment is kind of pushing the people who who love her away from her a little bit. Yeah, yeah which is unfortunate. And then uh, we go back to the coffee shop. Ryan comes back. He's realised it was given a fake number, but he is uh, persistent. So uh, she does agree to go out with him, but she keeps him at a distance because it's pretty clear at this point yeah. in the movie that she is not really in a place where she can trust men. No. No. While doing this and dating him, Ryan mentions Al, an old classmate of theirs, yes. who's getting married. Cassie is disturbed to hear Al being mentioned uh, because mm-hmm. Al raped her best friend Nina during a frat party where she was too drunk to stand. And when we were, when we discovered that to be... The case, suddenly the way she's behaving and the things she's doing start to become, um, if not necessarily something you can, well, I don't know. You can start to understand why she's behaving the way she is or why she's doing these things and mm. living her life this way. Mm. Um, mm. Cassie and Nina reported it to lots of people. Nobody believed them. Al had the benefit of the doubt. Um, and sort of this mm. is where the title of the film becomes interesting i think mm. it's called promising young woman but uh, there's a there was the case of the was it the swimmer st- uh, student yeah. who um was described as a promising young man and that's why he wasn't really punished for yeah. his assault um yeah in a, in a case that kind of mar- mirrors this 
And uh, yeah. yeah, so Cassie, as a result of this event, Cassie dropped out of school and Nina uh, committed suicide. So mm-hmm. off the back of this, Cassie starts kind of cyber-stalking uh, Al, sees plenty of people she used to know congratulating him on his engagement, which is obviously upsetting. And amongst them is Madison, played by Alison Brie. And then we get into a sort of set piece in the movie where Cassie... Yeah. Um, does something uh, to uh, Madison. So she contacts Madison, arranges a lunch yeah. date with her. She gets her extremely yeah. drunk and then starts yeah. talking to her about the case of Al and Nina. Yeah. And uh, how does Madison react to being, sort of having this brought up? Well, she kind of, uh, well, kind of denies it. And kind of saying that, you know, uh, they were all drunk and they were young and kind of like making excuses about it. Yeah. And there's definite victim um, blaming going on, isn't and, there? It's like Nina was drunk and Nina was always yeah. drunk. But you're not really sure why she's getting her so drunk. No, you're not. And then <laughs> when Cassie leaves the restaurant, she gives this guy the hotel room key and tells to take madison to the hotel room and at that moment i was like you have to be kidding me you can't do that and like in my head i was just like you can't do that cassie what did you think that she was gonna have this guy do uh, well you're at that point you can expect anything from cassie Yeah. yeah uh because she clearly puts herself in really dangerous situations to make a point which in reality shouldn't be a dangerous situation. It should be just a, a person, a woman living her life and trusting yeah. people. That's that's. But unfortunately, they're called. We call them dangerous situations. I I didn't want to think like I I. When you see a you see a drunk woman and then you see another woman who is pissed off with this drunk woman, giving the keys, of a hotel room to a random guy. In my head, I was like, what did she hire him to do? Yeah. And I was like, she can't be that vengeful. Because you don't know how revenge can go. It could go many ways. So it could have gone the really bad way yeah. or not so bad way. But my head went to the worst revenge, Yeah, which was probably this guy doing something bad to Madison. Yeah. But we'll we'll pick up later. And what actually you happened. have that thought for a while yeah. because you don't know for a while what exactly happened. the film leaves what did you. With you that. Think? Well, I thought exactly that. I thought that at this point in the movie, it's quite interesting actually because the next scene sort of reveals a bit more about where Cassie's line is. Whereas at this point, you really don't know where her line is, and I definitely yeah. was under the assumption that she was paying this <laughs> man to go up and um, assault Madison effectively. Yeah. But then we go to a scene that, if anything is even more disturbing and upsetting uh, to see where yeah, it's leading. absolutely. <laughs> she goes to a high school, never a good start in a film like yeah. this. No. Um, picks no. up a girl called Amber, or uh, where she pretends that she's going to a diner because she works for a popular boy band, let's say BTS. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think it's a real boy band, is it? Um, and basically... Once this girl, Amber, realises, and I think it's obvious that Cassie's work has kind of stalked Amber and worked out what band she likes. She name drops this band and then Amber's willing to do anything to get a chance to go and see this band. Then we don't quite see what Cassie does with Amber. It cuts to Cassie talking to the dean of her former medical school, uh, Elizabeth Walker, played by Connie Britton, who's incredible yeah she's only in this like Mm -hmm. she's only in this for about one scene um and cassie sort of is meeting with her with the sort of has kind of made out the meeting is because she wants to restart her education i think that's what dean walker thinks she's getting into that's what the conversation she thinks it is but cassie Mm -hmm. brings up the fact that she and nina reported nina's assault to walker but that the dean took Mm -hmm. al's side and barely seems to even remember nina um then yeah. Cassie reveals what she's done. Once yeah. she gets Dean Walker to admit, or basically once she gets Dean Walker to say to come down on Al's side again, um, and continue to not be supportive of, of um her friend Nina, the the victim, 
Because of lack of evidence. Yeah, which, which is... turns you against the dean at that point, I'd say, yeah. as an audience member. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, this these are things that happen in real life and the men are, seem to always be believed and yeah. women just get sort of blamed and ignored. So the dean um, is then told by Cassie that um, she has picked up Amber and taken her to the same room where Nina was raped and left her with several drunk frat boys, Mm -hmm. which immediately horrifies the dean. Immediately. Yeah. Which is interesting because it would horrify the dean, but also the dean knows that that kind of thing goes on. It's just when it's her daughter, it it, it horrifies her. Yeah. Absolutely. And at that point, you're like, oh, no, you didn't, Cassie did you and you'll get you there like oh because you're just thinking is she can she be that yeah. bad and and that makes her the villain yes yeah, so i think it's like do you, if you if your reaction is too big it's not okay <laughs> like yeah yeah and it's just like no you can't do that and you're you're does she not try to phone her daughter as well and she's got her mobile phone? yeah i think cassie has her phone yeah. And um it's I mean, if she what she what she has done is is bad. What she's claiming yeah. to have done <laughs> well, has, is irredeemable. Taken a minor. Yeah. And also Am- <laughs> Amber whatever Dean Walker may have done, Amber is definitely innocent in sort of yeah. anything to do with this. Um yeah. eventually uh once Walker admits that she should have believed Nina Cassie yeah. tells the truth, it tells yeah. her what's really going on and is that Amber's just at this diner waiting for this boy band and that the Dean can find her safe <laughs> and never comfortable. Come. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of, I think that's where the line for Cassie is kind of demonstrated to be. I think this is why she's not being yeah. violent, she's not attacking people when she does this um, picking yeah. up men and she hasn't actually dropped off the dean's daughter to um to no. be assaulted or to be raped yeah. so yeah i think but you still don't know what's happened to Madison. no but i think you can probably start to assume that maybe she hasn't done the worst thing or not, that she hasn't done what you i don't think. i i don't Interesting. know yeah. after so yeah after that her next target that she goes to visit is um a lawyer jordan green played by the perfect alfred molina in this film, mm-hmm. who was um, Al's lawyer in the case. Yeah. So obviously Cassie has a lot to um, be annoyed and upset with uh, Jordan about. But interestingly, yeah. the film sort of is playing with our expectations at this point because the lawyer isn't necessarily who we expect him to be. He's, in fact, extremely remorseful. He knows what he did was wrong. Yeah. And... Um, he cries. Mm-hmm. He cries, and yeah. in seeing his genuine remorse, Cassie is able to forgive him. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, what does she do when she leaves his house? Who does she ring? Does she, she rings ring? a hitman. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about him. And she she cancels the job. Yeah, so was she gonna have the lawyer killed? I don't know. Again, that's it's crazy, fast. That's interesting because again, that goes against sort of where we thought she was, or is it because the lawyer had done the yeah. ultimate evil in really securing sort of Al's freedom? Yeah, and that that was where her main fury was. But in a way, he was the worst person, wasn't he? Because he knew the crime. If you think about. Who are the worst people? Of course, the people that do the crime are terrible, but the people that protect them and get you know and get them out with with no charge, those are just also terrible people. Yeah, I agree. Um, I really have a lot of sort of frustration with I, the idea of there being lawyers like that who will get yeah. people off just because it's their job, just because they see it as being their job to 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 defend people, even if they know it's the yeah. The person who's done the crime. Um, but yeah, it, Al, Alfred Molina, if you want to hire somebody to really sell somebody being remorseful over something, then Alfred Molina's your man because he is, you believe him, I think. 
Yeah. No, it's really good here. Yeah. And again, not very long, but good. And he's pretty he's pretty key. He comes into he comes into play near the end of the movie again. Again, he's not in it a lot, but his character ends up being fairly key yeah. to what 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 goes down. Um then Cassie mm. goes to see Nina's mother. Um yeah. which is interesting because it becomes pretty key. it's not it's not a very long scene, this, is it? It's Molly Shannon playing Nina's mum. No. Who's again a, a great mm. actress. But um all that sort of becomes clear from this little comp- this little scene is that even Nina's mother has been able to move on more than Cassie has been able to. And again, it, I th- I think this yeah. is again showing that she is um, pushing away the people around her a bit. Mm, definitely. And then we see another scene of her uh, drunk baiting, pretending to be drunk and picking up yeah. women. <laughs> drunk baiting. <laughs> uh, that's the, there's an article I'm using to help yeah. me get the plot. And uh, yeah. Um, and she, and this is the scene I think that she picks up Sam Richardson. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah, because I think it's Sam Richardson who's wearing a stupid hat and looks like an arsehole in this scene. Yeah. Um, leaves with Cassie, and um, who should see them? But Ryan. Ryan. And Ryan is heartbroken. Poor, poor little Ryan. Yeah, he's pretty upset. Um, and uh, she finds him and ex- and um, tries to explain herself. And what does he immediately do? He forgives her. Does he? Straight away? He forgives her pretty quickly, yeah, and they start kissing. He's very ah, sort of... Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's clear yeah. that he's very keen on Cassie. Um, mm. And then we return to Alison Brie, Madison, and we we are going dis- to mm-hmm. discover what sort of actually happened. But before, we, we have a beautiful moment with Cassie and Ryan falling in love. Yes. So they kind of actually enjoy being together. Yes. And I think Cassie opens up a little bit. Yes, you're right. And it's kind of like a very pleasant moment in the film, isn't it? Yeah, we do. We do get this lovely moment in the movie where it seems you know, like... They eat pizza, they sing Paris Hilton songs. Uh, they're lovely. They're lovely. And you, and you root for them because you want Cassie to be happy and stop doing what she does. Yeah, it really seems like she turns a corner at this point in the movie and is able to yeah. sort of... If not forgive, at least yeah. move on and be in a healthier place for her. And Ryan seems yeah. to be Ryan is like the crux on which this is turning. She's able to move forward and, and yeah. be be this way because of um her feelings for Ryan and how much she's enjoying being with Ryan and, and that. And uh yeah, then events happen that <laughs> might push her in a yeah. different direction. Yeah. So it's really lovely for a little bit. And then um Madison confronts Cassie because she's Cassie's been ignoring Yeah, Madison's we find out that Madison's been desperately trying to get in touch with Cassie. And yeah. <laughs> it hasn't <laughs> happened. Yeah. So and then so what did actually happen? So um Cassie tells uh Madison that um nothing has happened. The guy that she gave the room key to uh just put her to bed and waited there. Nothing happened. Yeah. I don't know, it's really teaching somebody a lesson, isn't it? Yeah. To like get somebody drunk and make them think that something has happened and you go, Oh, kind of crazy. Yeah, because posi- like the kind of do. the kind of person who's in a position where they're gonna be paid to take this drunk woman up to a hotel room but do nothing. Yeah. Might also be the kind of person who will just ignore those instructions and, you know, do yeah. do something. Yeah. So yeah. Cassie has, yeah. you know, put Madison in a really awful position, even if nothing happened. Mm-hmm. She's still sort of yeah. created a, a really dangerous situation for somebody else. Which shouldn't be. No, exactly. Uh, it shouldn't be. <laughs> Madison got drunk. Somebody was looking after her. It shouldn't be a, a dangerous situation for a woman to get drunk. No, you're absolutely right. And for a man to just take her home or just put her into bed without touching her. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't be a problem. No. It, but what happens next? What does Madison give to Cassie? Well, Madison, Madison admits that she um, should have believed Nina and uh, she gives her a phone with a video on it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And um, asks, asks Cassie never to talk to her again, which is probably fair. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, she watches the video she makes she's yeah. this is a real important point in the film i think because she has a choice here she's she's seen yeah. where she could go in a more positive direction in the future for herself at least she could just yeah. ignore this video yeah. 
she could continue to be with Ryan and 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 see where that goes and move on with her life yeah. into a healthier place. But she can't. Yeah. The trauma is too great. No. And she has to. She makes the choice to watch the video. Um. Even though she's been, does Madison tell her what's on the video? She does, doesn't she? Effectively. Um. Like, because Madison tells her that the, there was a video that circulated of the assault, of the rape oh, of Nina. Maybe, yeah. And then she yeah. gives her the phone, and it's clear that the video on mm. the phone is the video of that event. Yeah. So yeah, we, we're going to discover in a minute that, that Cassie learns new information from this video, but she doesn't have any reason to think she's going to learn anything new from the video. And really, no, she doesn't need to see the video, except she does. So she watches the video. She yeah. is horrified to see um, the rape. But she also sees that Ryan was there. Yeah. How did you, what did that make you, how did you react to that sort of, this twist? I I had my suspicions. Yeah. That he was going to be there. Because these frat boys seem to be doing things together. And uh, I just, I was hoping not because in a way you root for Cassie to be happy and for Ryan to make her happy. But in the back of my head, I was like, he's part of it. Even though like not uh, directly, he was a a witness and decided not to do anything about it. He could have stepped in, he could have done something. And so often that, you know, these events like this occur because other men are are not willing to step up and say something. Or even other women, you know, just other people. Yeah, other women as well. Like Madison decided not to say anything. All the women that watched the video decided not to say anything. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's, you know. And at this point we enter the third act of the film, which is where it really um, did not go where i expected it to go no not at all no so let's get into it first thing she does is she goes to ryan's job he's a doctor um interesting choice to make him a doctor a pediatrician he's set up very like everything about him is set up to make you think he's a good person um yeah and maybe there's an argument i'm not making the argument but there's arguments to be made that he is at that point in his life living the life of a good person yeah but in his past not good. So no. Cassie confronts him, shows him the video, tells, you know, makes it clear she knows he was there, um, threatens to send the video to everyone in his contact list, uh, including parents of his patients, which would obviously um, have horrific repercussions for him. <laughs> and yeah. again, is very, you know, there are... I feel like this is almost a commentary on um, the idea that sometimes people are, people have their identities kept hidden because if they if the names and things they've done get out and go on news websites on the internet, they're always there a Google search away, and this is that sort of yeah. thing. It's going to end his career. Yeah. If yeah. if this gets out and if if she tells people that he's done this. Um. Yeah. So she basically blackmails him into telling her where Al's bachelor party is going to be. And um, Ryan is not happy about telling her this information because he's obviously scared about what she might do Mm -hmm. at the bachelor party. And um, she leaves warning him not to tell anyone that she might be going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then we get to the bachelor party. The bachelor party. Yeah. Toxic by Britney Spears mm. plays. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Uh, She's uh, wearing a nurse suit, a latex nurse suit. A sort of a stripper nurse uniform, a sexy nurse outfit kind of thing. Yeah, uniform. Um, this a beautiful is, colourful hair. Yeah, her look here is the look that was very much used in the marketing for the film. It's all over the trailers and a lot of yeah. the posters and, and everything kind of have this. Yeah. Her outfit at this point in the movie. It's almost... You could see this becoming um, a bit of a future Halloween costume, which almost seems yeah uh, inappro- inappropriate. No. But I could see it <laughs> very inappropriate. But you see, yeah. you see little kids yeah. wearing the Harley Quinn costume with Daddy's little monster written on it and stuff. So 
We live in a society. I guess. Um, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, she goes to the cabin uh, where the party's being held. She gets everybody drunk. She drugs them so they yeah. fall asleep. She takes yeah. Al up to the bedroom, um, mm-hmm. insists on that, and uh, handcuffs him to the bedpost. What happens next? Cassie tells him who she is and who, what has happened to um, Nina. And um, he comes out with all the same excuses. Yeah, same stuff that they're kids. Uh, yeah, and then um, I think she does she start does she want to try and carve the name Nina on his body? Yeah, she yeah she yeah she grabs. So for some reason she goes on the bed with him. Yeah, she gets on the bed right up and next I think to she's him. Gonna... She's gonna carve Nina's name on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he manages to get loose. Yep. And the most unexpected thing of the film happens. Yeah. He grabs a pillow and suffocates Cassie. What were you thinking when this was playing out? Because I was sort of... At each moment, I was convinced she was going to get free. She was going to do something. Yeah. I thought something is going to... Like, it has to. Like, it can't be this way. And the more it was going on, the more I was like, no, it can't. Like, something has to happen. And I kept saying, stop moving. If you stop moving, he'll stop suffocating you. And she kept moving and moving. And it's the longest. It's 2.5 minutes, that scene. Oh, you timed it? No. uh, There's a bit of trivia that I tell you. So it's like a long two and a half minutes of that. Yeah, and this is when you yeah. said at the start that you were expecting the film to be violent, but it it wasn't. This is sort of the scene I thought of, because obviously this is sort of... It's not gory, yeah. but it's the one no. of the most horrifically violent things I've ever seen yeah. in a film. Yeah, and it's long. It's long to see somebody die for two and a half minutes. Yeah. And then... And then... You go. You still can't believe she's dead. Like, yeah, because what's what's the film now? Like how how what? Yeah. How, like, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. It was and, genuinely um, inc- incredibly shocking and tra- and tra- yeah. traumatic to see. Yeah. Um, I I didn't want her to die. Like no. I wasn't expecting her to die. She was not supposed to die. But then um, I, when it happened and became clear that's what happened in my head, I kind of had the thought of the uh, the inevitability of it because the film is about this cycle of violence against women and it almost yeah has to go this way because this is how in real life these things might go and could well go and to get to the yeah. honesty and truth of this story i think this is the choice that the director yeah. emerald fennel made and it, it's intense yeah and then it's the morning yes and you, st- I was still in shock, and I didn't think that she was gonna be dead. And then Schmidt from a New Girl. Yeah, that was so. When it was Schmidty from New Girl, I was like, "This is unexpected. Why is Schmidty here?" Yeah. But it's not yeah. Schmidty. It's Joe, and Joe is Joe. a lot worse than Schmidty. Horrible. Yeah, I don't like yeah. Joe at all. And um, he's joking around in the um. Cassie's body and uh, Al is clearly in shock still and uh, Joe doesn't think that Joe thinks Cassie's sleeping and then he lifts the pillowcase and it's pretty clear that Al is and it's clear now that she's definitely dead yeah there's no but I was still hoping that (laughs) I don't know I don't know they were going to lift the pillowcase and she was going to leap into action and Kill Billet. I don't know. Well, yeah, no. No. Yeah. Um, no. So Joe does what so many of the men have done and helps Al to hide the crime. Yeah. And they, and it's, it's really, it's horrible. It's brutal. They bury her under logs and they set her on fire. Like, like, uh, and she just vanishes. She disappears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Cassie's parents obviously file a missing persons report. We have a scene where the detective visits Ryan's office because he knows that they're romantically engaged. And yeah. uh, Ryan has a choice here again. 
Yeah. He could tell the detective. He had a choice. Yeah. He knew exactly where yeah. Cassie was going to go. He supposedly loved Cassie. Yeah. And what choice does he make instead? He makes the choice saying that they've broken up. Mm. Yeah. And, and um, he didn't know where she went. Yeah. And he just sort of tries to save himself and uh, betrays Cassie. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah, that's, and he thinks he's sort of free. Then, and the film, at this point I was like, what the, f- this is like, I was sort of, couldn't imagine where the film was going to go at this point. Like what was going to no. happen? No. I couldn't imagine there being, no. I mean, it's not a happy ending, but I couldn't imagine at this point there being a sort of an ending with any rede- redemption in it of any kind for, yeah. for Cassie or Nina. But we cut to Al's wedding. Yeah. And um, we then see Alfred Molina's lawyer receiving an envelope from Cassie. Yeah. Cassie is aware enough of what happens in the world and what might happen to her when she's going to this bachelor party to have a contingency plan. And she has sent the lawyer a message um, telling him what to do if she disappears. And uh, at this point, it cuts back to the wedding and we see Ryan and everyone else at the wedding uh, receive the video on their phone of Al raping Nina. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ryan receives a scheduled text from... And this bit gave me goosebumps, this bit of the movie, um, when, he, mm-hmm. when you see him receiving these texts. It really was sort of like a kind of an amazing bit of writing i thought the the way mm. it sort of plays out here um so pre-written text from cassie saying you didn't think this was the end did you it is now enjoy the wedding and you hear police sirens police are arriving um they've found cassie's remains contains um a sort of a necklace that 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 leads them to where they mm. to identifying it as cassie and um, Al is arrested uh, in front of the entire wedding. Joe is attempting to sneak away. And um, Ryan receives a final message that says, love Cassie and Nina. Mm. And that's the movie. Mm-hmm. What, what I was you... wondering yeah. before, do you think... She knew she was going to die. Because Al kept, when Al is trying to kill her, he keeps saying, stop moving. If she had stopped moving, would he have stopped uh, trying to asphyxiate her? Mm, I don't know. Because she kept moving and I was like, stop moving. Like, I, in my head, I was just like, you have to try and survive. But I don't think she wanted to survive. I don't think she could ever live a life where she would feel, I don't know. And so at that point, I was just like, maybe she knew she was going to die. That was my thought, just. I think you could make an argument that, like, you could you could, you could could say, you know, maybe, like, um, Cassie died when Nina died, really. Yeah. And that was the point where she was set on this path that ended in her ultimate death, but she knew mm. she needed to um, avenge Nina before she, before it all happened. And maybe that's mm. why, maybe she went, maybe like with everything she did in her life after that point, she went into these situations, mm. not knowing she would die or expecting to die, but being prepared to die. Mm. And I think that's probably to me yeah. that's more likely is that when when Al started suffocating her, she was she figured, well, I've got a con- I've sent this letter to the lawyer. I'm fully prepared in this situation to die. Mm. So yeah. maybe not that she went in expecting to, but that she went in prepared to. Yeah. Is how I would. Hmm. Read. Yeah. Okay, so that's the film. That's promising young Thoughts woman. Thoughts on the film, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, first of all, did it did it did it match your expectations? I'm I'm assuming not. No, not at all. 
well, I wasn't expecting that at all. Uh, and so it, um, it's definitely, there's definitely more to think about than just a normal revenge film where somebody goes around and kills people oh, for yeah. revenge. There's there's a lot of times that you, where you'll feel a little bit like, Cassie, are you going too far? Are you doing too much? Is it, you know, um, uh, are you putting yourself in situations you, you shouldn't put yourself in? Uh, I and it's just it's um you think a lot during this film um and um there's a lot of things about uh, you feel you feel like nobody's really remorseful and you feel a bit like why 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 do you not feel any why doesn't it just feels like everybody's forgetting about it apart from Nina and uh the lawyer mm. Well, maybe not Nina, you know, Cassie, Cassie and the lawyer. Like the parents don't know why uh, Cassie is like that, and the mum tells her to move on. And but is it that easy to move on when your best friend has not had any, has been you know raped and nobody believed her? Like, yeah. and you're the only one that still cares. And maybe maybe it's a bit obsessive, but there's just a feeling of it being a bit like you know for everyone else and people in society violence against women has just become background noise and not something to yeah to be mm. kind of remembered yeah uh, which and, is ob- obviously fought. is wrong in, in my in my opinion that's not mm. true but that's how it often feels yeah Definitely, yeah. Mm. What what did you what what what? But I I enjoyed this film. I I I enjoyed. I thought it was it's a great film. Um. Yeah, I was I was completely shocked by it. Um, I was expecting, I think because of the trailers, because of the marketing, I was expecting the entire film to feel glossy and sort of mm. stylish, and mm. it is, especially in the the end with the. They play the Britney Spears song and these things, but it's different to what I thought it was going to be. But I still really, mm. really enjoyed it, and I never ever would have expected that her, she, he, she would be killed in that scene, and oh. that really surprised me, and upset yeah. me. It's it was traumatic. It was uh, horrible to see, yeah. and it and it kind of that last ten minutes or so of the movie, you're sat there processing the fact the main character has just died, trying to work out yeah. how how the movie can end, and then yeah. It sort of to me it felt almost poetic the way it finishes. Mm. And that final yeah. that final message of love Cassie and Nina. Um yeah. you know it, it it felt almost the way she signed that message off as love Cassie and Nina, it was like she'd given Nina a voice back. Um mm. and shown that it was all to have to you know, to give her friend the justice that she does that she deserved. Um and it's sad and not good that it it resulted in her death as well, obviously. Mm. But um, yeah, it was a complex film, and I can see why it's had yeah. you know mixed reactions. The film is also beautiful to look at, yeah. Like the colors that uh they used, and uh, um, it's all very like pastel colors, unless there's a little bit of danger. I've read that there's a they they add some other colors if there's a little mm. bit of danger. Did you do much reading about the reaction, the reviews? Did you read any reviews that you thought I were interesting? I read reviews. I read I read reviews, but um I didn't read really any bad reviews. I didn't seem to find any bad reviews of it. Have no. you found any bad reviews? Well, I did in a way, uh, and it really surprised me actually. I, the, the, have you heard of a website called The Onion? Uh yeah. It does like satirical fake news stories. Mm. And they're normally yeah. very funny. I read an article on on there a few weeks ago uh, called Scrapped Plotlines That Would Have Changed Your Favourite Movies Forever. And it's a sort of play on list, film lists that people write and stuff um, with little bits of trivia in. So, for example, the first one, it says, Taxi Driver, Travis Bickle was originally going to cope with his disillusionment by by getting really into cycling. And it's just stuff Mm. like that, jokes about what alternate ideas for films. Um, Or, like, they've got one here for... 
Rocky that says Stallone's original script included his iconic boxer getting uppercut and his head flying off and shooting out into outer space. So mm. silly little funny things. And I was kind of reading this article and, and laughing. And um, and then a few of about six or so in, it goes, Promising Your Woman. And it says, an early draft of the screenplay included well-written sequences, logical plot developments, even tone, and a nuanced ending until someone at Focus Features opened a window and a stiff breeze blew it all into a nearby fireplace. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's an odd sort of sudden vein of hate for this for 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 promising mm. young woman in the middle of all these kind of goofy disposable little jokes you've written um mm. and literally the whole rest of it is just jokes and then in the middle of it you've just got this odd hate for promising young, young woman and it doesn't the article doesn't even have a um name on it so i don't know who wrote it but I, that kind of really irritated me because i was like well i don't know do you do you feel that's fair do you feel it doesn't have an even tone or well-written sequences or no. logical plot developments. No, I think it's really good. Yeah, I I really like it. I think it. it's really well made. It makes sense how how things happen and uh the what she does and um yeah. How big it becomes. How no, I no. I I don't agree with that at all. No, I was really uh, the, the Onion was not the place I was expecting to suddenly see uh, distaste for it. And it's, yeah, it did review well. It got um, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, 88% on um, the audience score there, and it ended up getting nominated for a fair few Oscars. It was nominated yeah. for five awards. Uh, mm. It was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Film Editing. Um, those top three big awards, picture, director, and actress, all ended up going to Nomadland and Fr Chloe Zhao and Francis McDormand, which um, we did another special on that uh, mm -hmm. a while ago, and I think we'd we'd both agree that you know that film was fully deserving of winning, um, yeah, you know its various awards, but it did win best original screenplay for Emerald Fennel, which is great. It's her directorial debut. It's her debut film. Yeah, um, it is written, I think, incredibly well. And she does an amazing mm -hmm. job of filming her own script. And uh, I think that was a really good win for this movie. Do you feel like any of, like, picture director or actress, would you have changed any of those from Nomadland to this film? Or they're such different movies, it's difficult to compare them, really. Um, although I love Frances McDormand, love, 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 love. Yeah. I think Kerry Mulligan was incredible in this film. Yeah. Like, incredible. Um, she she showed a range which was in amazing. Um, from drunk to sober, from like in love to vengeful, from it just she just showed everything that she could probably possibly show. Yeah, and um, Frances McDormand was incredible in Nomadland. I I think Carrie Mulligan. Well, this was probably her best performance yet. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably agree with that. I could say that keeping picture and director with Nomadland is, is okay with me. Although probably overall, I personally prefer Promising Young Woman as a film. Mm. But yeah, I think Carrie Mulligan was really, really deserving of a win on, yeah. uh, on Actress. Um, did yeah. you see Carrie Mulligan call out one of the few bad reviews for the movie um, that Carrie Mulligan herself actually called out as being, you know, misogynistic, yeah. was the person who was saying that because Margot Robbie was an executive producer on the film, she should have played Cassie yeah, he... because she's she was attractive enough for that character, whereas Carrie Mulligan wasn't. Yeah. Somehow somehow yeah. making out that Carrie Mulligan wasn't believable as somebody that people would try to pick up in a bar. Yeah. I don't know what his like standards are, what bars he go to, but I, if I saw yeah. Carrie Mulligan in person, I, I would immediately think I'd <laughs> yeah. seen one of the most beautiful people I'd ever seen in my life. Like I yeah. can't it's Absolutely. and it also it doesn't it's just it's just a horrible misogynistic comment to make um yeah and then the, the, yeah, the newspaper no, ended crazy. up putting out an apology which was which was good cuz i mean i just can't yeah it doesn't even matter if she's it doesn't oh it's just no it doesn't matter it's not the point it's, it's like, missing entirely that, the point of the film yeah exactly exactly like that comment just doesn't make any sense no. and it's really silly um should we talk about some of the actors in this film because there's, there's plenty yes well, as we just said so, carrie mulligan is yeah amazing no po pitch perfect um, yeah she's perfect in it yeah 
she's perfect and yeah she's uh um in every seed she changes her costume changes her attitude changes her everything changes yeah and she's just perfect yeah and she's british what an what an accent what a perfect <laughs> accent like she's perfect yeah um yeah uh and then there's all the actors which are famous but have really tiny roles yeah and also not very good roles in the sense of they're not playing good people no. they're playing bad people yeah yeah broadly so so Bo Berman is amazing as Ryan yeah have you ever seen any of his sort of stand-up stuff no I've never no his latest one for Netflix but, inside is worth watching it's it's very very good hmm. um yeah but he put he perfectly portrays Ryan as being somebody that you can believe in until the point that you can't. Yeah. Until you can't. And he changes. Like he's really good. He like totally like changed how he looked and how he just didn't care. Yeah. And uh yeah. And then uh Alison Bree. Oh. Uh, you know, she's amazing in it. Yeah. She's kind of like uh an, a, a comedic actress, really. Well, she's done a lot of comedy, and so this is um, kind of more, different. Yeah, more dramatic role for her, but she yeah she's good again, but she's not in it for long. But she leaves a good she leaves an impression. No. Um, the parents Clancy Brown and Jennifer Coolidge yeah. they've probably only got about two or three scenes in the whole film. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're, they their characters are integral into care. Sorry. They just don't seem to care. Yeah. Everybody just seems they just, just to care. they want her to stop being difficult and they want her to move on. Yeah. 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 Uh, and they yeah. exemplify that perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, Laverne Cox as Gail, the coffee shop owner, um, one of the more supportive probably people in around Cassie. Yeah. Could have very easily fire yeah. Cassie if she wanted to. Mm. I found I read somewhere that uh, the cafe is kind of her uh, safe space, and that's why the colors in the cafe are so like pastel. Uh, that makes sense. The the cafe is her the only place where she feels comfortable and safe. Interesting. And uh, and that's also with Laverne Cox. She's got like I think she's the closest person that she she has. That's interesting because um, like in the house in the family home where she's also she should be comfortable and safe. It's yeah. similar colours, but like to an overwhelming degree, yeah. to a smothering yeah. degree. Like they're all heightened and brighter, yeah. like really bright pinks. And it's sort of, ah. it's not an unsafe colour palette, but it's an overwhelming and suffocating colour palette. Mm. And then it's all yeah. reduced for the cafe, which is, yeah, I like that. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, you've got Chris Lowell plays Al, uh, a small role, but an integral one. Yeah. He's, he's fine. He's fine. He's okay. Yeah, he's fine. He does. He's fine. He does what he needs to do. Uh, Connie Britton yeah. in her one scene as the dean is um fantastic, and f- yeah. I think featured in a lot of the trailers because that scene is such a sort of tense mm. scene that they they play off each other really yeah. well. I think Carrie Mulligan and uh, yeah. Connie Britton. Um, but also so it's like so important because. You know, if if this film goes with the, I think it was two thousand and eighteen that swimmer that raped that girl, mm. and that the dean was like, "Oh, we can't." You know, the deans don't seem to be protecting their students. Yeah. Which is that not supposed to be your role? It should be, but not for um mm. Dean Walker. Um, no. and then you get like, like even smaller roles. You got people like Adam Brody as the first yeah. first man that he picks up. Um, I think. Emerald Fennell did a good job with the sort of the three people she picks up in the movie, um, are Adam Brody, Christopher Mintz-Plasse, and yeah. Sam Richardson of sort of picking people that you recognise from stuff and, yeah, yeah, like just recognisable faces, um, hmm. of people who maybe are known to play, not dangerous men, nice people, yeah, nice men, yeah, especially Adam nice Brody guys. and uh, Christopher Mintz-Plasse. I'm a nice guy. Yeah. Um, but they're not, not at all. They're all, you know, Adam Brody, Chris Mintz-Plasse, Sam Richardson all do their job perfectly well. Mm. Uh, and then Max Greenfield, Schmitty from New Girl. Um, yeah. Is actually, I think, really, really good in his small amount of screen time. Yeah. Like he, he, he makes your skin crawl. Mm. 
Like I've met I've met so many men like him who I can't stand being around. And like you you kind of can tell within a few minutes when you when you're around a, a, a Joe. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. And that's the thing, like a little bit of trivia of the characters, the cast that she chose, that ha- was chosen, uh, is all people that and comedians or always play the nice guy Mm. or just to kind of make you feel like everything is safe nothing bad can happen but that's really great casting uh bo berman apparently is the one of the loveliest people based on his stand-up yeah yeah and he's not that lovely you know and um uh, the guy that plays al you know he always plays the nice guy and so it's kind of putting you in a position where you you can't really trust the nice guy you know you could say yeah, i'm the nice guy but you know anybody can be the nice guy yeah even not nice guys can look like the nice guys um but yeah alfred molina oh is the only one that seems to be regretful of what he has done in his past, but he always plays kind of a bad guy. Yeah, he's famous for playing villains. Yeah, so they there's kind of this thing about, yeah. you know, you assume that the lawyer is going to be the worst person, but he owns up to his mistakes. And at the end, Cassie, the only person that, the only people that she actually uh, trusts are... Um, uh, Gail Laverne Cox and Alfred Molina, the lawyer. Mm. And Alfred Molina is the kind of guy that she was going to do the worst to. Yeah. But then she realized that he may, he was the only one that was remorseful yeah. of what he had done. Yeah. And that's amazing. Like, there's a lot of thought behind this film. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. They've, they've, yeah. Emerald Fennel really put a lot of effort into it. Making yeah. it sort of all fit together. So, do you have any other trivia to share? Any any other tidbits? Uh, I did have some more trivia. I think. Did you read about why she include included uh, Britney Spears in the film or Britney Spears song? Was it because she loves it? Well, it was it was because she loves Britney Spears, but also because she feels like pop music is sort of looked down upon and not sort of respected as mm. a form of music, and she wanted to have it be a soundtrack to an important part of her film to sort of, sh- in the same way that Quentin Tarantino uses songs. She wanted Britney Spears mm. spell to, to, to fill that purpose and show that, a, you know, a Britney Spears song can be a good choice for a scene like that mm. in a movie and maybe give a bit more credit to uh, the type of music that she enjoys, which I thought was interesting. Ah, amazing. Yeah. And also interesting now with the meta angle that Britney Spears is a woman who's also been sort of had a form of violence enacted upon her. Mm. Yes. Oh, there is one thing that I forgot to say. Oh, yeah. You know when she writes the names in the little book? Yeah. After she... Some names are in blue, some names are in red, and some names are in black. Yes. And so I was trying to figure out why, but um, the director... Emerald Fennel said she will never tell. Uh, according to Kerry Mulligan, it's probably because um, she's kind of still childish-like, so she never has the same pen. But it's quite amazing that there are three different colours used. Does that mean that other things have happened? Or yeah. is it successful, not successful? Yeah. I thought that was really fascinating. But there's not really an explanation of the colour coding. Oh, I love it when a film has a t- has something like that in it that, you, that there's no explanation for. You just can just sort of no. think of your own idea. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was uh, that was quite fascinating. Mm. But um, I, w- I was wondering if like red is like a dangerous moment. Black, he was a good guy. And blue, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It's uh, fascinating. Definitely. Okay. That will do it for Promising Young Woman. Yeah, man. It's been a good. How many chat. stars would you give it? Uh, five out of five. How many buckets? Oh, we should bucket it out. How many buckets would you give I'd it out of? Give it a f- ten. I'd give it a full bucket. Oh, one full bucket. One full oh, it bucket. could be like one. Oh, yeah, not not half or three bucket. quarters of a bucket. A full bucket. So the a full bucket. So the brim slightly overflowing when you pick it up because it's so full. 
Mm. Yeah, of good film. Yeah. What about you? Same, same. Same? Oh, same, same. Good. So that's Promising Woman. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion. Because we have got ourselves relatively organised, we can announce now what the next special will be about. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to talk about that yeah, one. Yeah, me too. We're going to do a special episode in a month's time on the 2021 Nicolas Cage film Pig. 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 <laughs> so you've got a month, you've got about four weeks to get that watched so you can uh, listen yes. to that episode. Um, another film that is sort of a revenge movie but also plays with the expectations of what a revenge movie might be. It's going to be exciting to talk about that. I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so that's going to be wonderful. And then next week on the main just feed, you're going to have episode 46, which is going to be on our top five remakes and reboots, mm-hmm. which uh, is already in the bag. We've recorded that one. It was a spicy conversation. So get ready for that. It's going to be fun. <laughs> um, was it? Yeah, and uh, yeah, please join us for that. And if you have watched Promising Girl Woman and you uh, have thoughts, maybe you spent the entire episode screaming at your iPod because iPod? Who's Who's got an, an iPod? <laughs> what is it's, it's the whole episode screaming at your listening device of choice because you disagree with us so much or maybe you agree with us. I don't know. Let us know. Give us your thoughts and opinions. We'd love to read some out in a future episode. And um, yeah. Follow us on social media. Find the links to all of those in the show notes as ever. As ever. And um, we really appreciate everyone listening and would love uh, any reviews that you can uh, pass on. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. See you again. Bye. Bye.